0: L.L. Nation, what's good back in this piece, man? Thanks for tapping in this morning. I promise you, Malik is on the way. He was out. Lakers game last night getting it done. We are featuring and brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, anorawiskey.com. So, got some cut-up video for you guys. We'll get to the press conferences. Uh, I was in South Bend yesterday some interesting comments made by Tommy Reeves that we'll get to. I see in the chat, I didn't get a chance to check it out, but I see in the chat that uh, LL Nation was catching some, um, some hateration in the chat during the uh, press conference. We spend it different, like, honestly, as a podcast for Notre Dame fans, we're not here to uh, make everybody happy.
1: That's not what we're going to do. So the one thing we will say is that
0: we both know what the hell we're talking about (laughs) from the standpoint of Notre Dame football and definitely from the standpoint of recruiting. So let me just share with you guys, like it's very rare. Like my story is, you know, my grandfather was Notre Dame fan. I did work as a welder for some clients that were Notre Dame alums and uh, they gifted him with season tickets. And I went to my first Notre Dame game in his lap with with my dad. I think I was like three years old. And my fandom was born like that day. So fast forward to February 16, 2022. Um, I'd like to say, yo, I haven't been to the bend in like five years, right? I think the last time I was in the bend was for the blue and gold game in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. And the bend is, uh, oh, I saw it's so funny. We talked to you guys and like driving by, I was on Main Street, Grape Street yesterday. You know, went by Mission Barbecue, saw that. It was just interesting to uh, see all of the uh, places you guys have always told us about on uh, Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, we'll probably talk about that as well. I was in a hurry to get back home and take care of some things. So, I really didn't... uh, Really didn't get a chance to dig into any one of the restaurants that you guys recommended. I just grabbed me a Panera sandwich and got back on the road to get back to take care of some business with the fam. But trust and believe spring practice is like 16 days away. So I'll be back up there in a couple of weeks for the start of spring practice. Had some great conversations. Y'all had a great conversation with Chancey Stuckey. I'm actually writing a story for Irish Breakdown on our conversation in the wide receiver room and the talent he has there and who might be a breakout wide receiver, who he sees being a breakout wide receiver this year. Great conversation. Um, had a really in-depth conversation one-on-one with Chris O'Leary and talking about his expectations for the defensive backfield, specifically the safeties when I walk into the horseshoe week one. So I'll probably be doing a piece on Irish breakdown for that as well. But it was just a fantastic, fantastic. No, man, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to stop and get Frankie's or anything like that. Um, like I said, by the time I got done, you know, we had the press conference, then they had the breakout. It was a funny thing, man. I don't know. <laughs> so we're walking into the uh, – the Shiv Lounge, which is right across from the media room at the stadium, where they had the breakouts for the offensive coordinators and all the rest of the coaches. And I walk in, and the first person that I catch eyes with is uh Harry Heastand. And Harry Heastand literally hits me in my chest and was like, what's up, dude? And I'm like, man, I don't know if he thought I was a recruit. You know, I'm kind of a big guy. <laughs> so I'm like, man, maybe he thinks I'm a recruit of future offensive linemen. But that was really cool. Harry, man, super cool dude. I know a lot of people were worried about his age and whether or not he'll be able to recruit. Um, I don't see a problem with it. And I think everything that he said, um, you know, everything he said is was was fantastic. Let's get to some of your questions some of your comments before we get into some of this video and connect some dots you know we like to connect dots and have fun i think that's why people that's why other people maybe other uh fans of podcasts don't like us man because we we read through the bs to get to what's really being said or to question what's being said we do have the right to question things right i think we have that right I got Michael parks. Yes. The MF era is off to a fantastic start. In my opinion, Truman Dumail explain the benefits of having coaches with NFL experience on our Notre Dame coaching staff. Well, not just specifically Notre Dame, but if you look at any successful coaching staff, NFL experience brings a level of professionalism, a level of handling issues, because college football, if we're going to be honest, college football is more about recruiting. Like recruiting is literally, if I had to put a percentage on it, 80% of success as majority of programs, and then coaching and development might be 20. I might go 70, 30. You get to the NFL, you're playing, you're playing the, the hand you're dealt. Like you don't get to pick and choose your players. You don't get to go out on the road. So now your whole life is about X's and O's, schemes, how do we get better, development, development, development. So when you come from that mindset, you bring something that people really don't have a lot of time or as much time to allocate to that because recruiting is so important. Right. and Because the NCAA rules, you only have so many hours or so many practices with your kids. Whereas in the NFL. It never stops like coaches are looking at film now because the free agency is coming up and trying to figure out what to do next. How do we impact free agency? How we impact the draft? What are we looking at at the combine, the NFL and that work cycle? It's never ending. It's never ending. So it's really about number one, having that experience, being able to learn and get information at a faster pace, especially when it comes to scheming, when it comes to development, and when it comes to putting putting together game plans and all of that, it's a much faster pace in the NFL. So having someone with that experience to come onto your staff is invaluable. It's invaluable to be able to pull that information from them. And it's funny because you're getting a level of professionalism that rolls from the NFL down, but the innovation really in football comes from high school up to the NFL. So if we're talking about X's and O's, uh, systems, innovation. That really flows from the bottom up. And we've seen that historically. Now, when you look at experience development how to use your time all of that stuff stuff flows from the NFL down and so now you get together in college football and you get a nice mix to be able to efficiently do what you need to do as a staff and that's one of the biggest benefits when I talk to people about you know why do you need someone with NFL coaching experience and also most NFL coaches that come back to the college ranks have head coaching experience, and that's that's something that Marcus Freeman talked about. How invaluable it is to have somebody else on the staff. Where he wanted somebody specifically at that DC position, somebody else that had head coaching experience. You know, because he has a very young staff. I think um, seven, I think seven guys under the age of forty on this staff. And when you think about that, you know, that's a young staff. It's a positive in recruiting being able to relate to young men and get them to come to Notre Dame. And now once you get them to Notre Dame, what are they walking into? You know, because they can't all be young. There has to be some substance there. There has to be some experience. There has to be something that gives structure and efficiency in what you're trying to accomplish. And for Marcus Freeman to recognize, yo, I need someone that I can go to, I can talk to. Something else Marcus Freeman talked about yesterday is the fact that he talks to Lou Holtz all the time. All the time. And I thought, hmm, that's humbling. For him to you have that resource and to use that resource and not just use it because someone at Notre Dame might have suggested it, to actually use the resource because he values it. He talks to he talks to him every week so he talks to him constantly and he's always asking him something so that means when something comes up that means to me that when marcus freeman because we all i don't care how smart you are there will be a moment where you don't know and when marcus freeman hits those points where he doesn't know he's not afraid to go search out all others that might have the answer and as a That's the same trait, honestly, that Nick Saban has. That's one of the best traits of Nick Saban, in my opinion. He has the ability to recognize what needs to be done and to know when he doesn't have the answer and to go find someone that does have the answer. It's a great trait. Lucky lefty podcast. And let's see. So, uh, Tremaine, I hope that helped. No, man, I didn't get a chance to go to Frankie's. I'm telling you, give me time. I'm getting to everything. I will get to everything in the area to make sure that I enjoy the bin properly. I'm going to do that. Let's see. Tom Bellort can't wait to see this staff recruit. You know what? I'm with you there, Tom um i'm with you there i can't wait to see this staff recruit either uh let's see that part i felt disrespected as a subscriber and loyal follower of ll nation hey man just point them out you know my theory you know my rule you act up in public i'm gonna get you in public Now i have two platforms i can get you on here i can get you on ib let me know point them out skeet davidson you guys are gonna make me go watch <laughs> the chat <laughs> when we get done with the show they weren't haters just old oh, see now bums let's see uh
1: When you spin it different, you're going to piss off some Karens, and that's a good
2: thing. I appreciate that, Matt.
0: All right, guys, let's get to
1: some of this video.
0: Have a great show. One of the things I want to talk about, let's start with Marcus Freeman. And he talked about why Al Golden was the choice for a defensive coordinator.
3: I didn't know Al Golden personally, but I, I knew who Al Golden was. Right, I knew Al Golden as the head coach um, at Temple and at Miami um, and had an unbelievable reputation. And so it was a unique opportunity for me to kind of interview a person over time. And so we were able to do Zoom interviews while they were, um, you know, kind of going through their season just to stay in contact, just to talk. But I wanted to respect his process of preparing each week um, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And so um, I was looking for a guy with head coaching experience. I was That was, to me, something that we did not have on our staff that I thought was going to be extremely valuable. And um, he has that but also a guy that has intelligence. The more we met, the more we talked, I learned right, around, right away this, this person understands football. He understands scheme. And, and you know I was also looking for a person that didn't want to come in here and just drop his playbook, right? And say, hey, this is what we're doing, no. Al Golden was a guy that said, hey, let me evaluate what you all are doing. Let me evaluate your players, and let's put together the best scheme, right? And and ultimately, he is the defense coordinator, and I want to make sure everybody understands: Al Golden's the defense coordinator. Marcus Freeman is not the defense coordinator, and he has to take this thing over. But the ability to come in and to adapt to what our players know, I think, is a huge benefit for our players. My job is to always take care of our players right? And so this will be their third defensive coordinator in three years. And so if you talk about three defensive schemes in three years, that's that's difficult. That's tough. But the ability for somebody to come in and say, okay, let me learn what they know, and then let's enhance it from there. That to me was what I was looking for.
0: One of the things Marcus Freeman went on to say is the most important thing that he wants to keep is the terminology. He wants to keep the same terminology. Al Golden's going to come in. It's his defense. He said that multiple times throughout the press conference, Marcus Freeman will not be making the calls. It won't be his defense. And he just wants some continuity. As he said right there in that clip, this would be the third defensive coordinator for these uh, players in the last three years. And that's a lot. That's a lot of turnover. So he wants to keep a sense of continuity. From a communication standpoint, to be able to communicate what they want to get done on the football field, you still want them to play fast. You still want them to be physical. And you still want them to know where the hell they're going. That never changes. But as far as multiple fronts, two down, three down, four down, Marcus Freeman and Al Golden both echoed that they love the ability with the players that they have to be able to do multiple things. And it's something that you heard from both of them. And, you know, Al Golden was very complimentary. Uh, He had had a prior relationship with Jack Swarbrick. So that was the connection to Notre Dame. He talked about that. But the relationship and the connection and the people that ultimately led Marcus Freeman to Al Golden from a network standpoint makes you feel good. Because I think a lot of people... When Al Golden was a head coach formerly at Temple and formerly at Miami. And then you go on to what you heard in the pros from Detroit and players in Cincinnati. Marcus Freeman talked about that. He had former players that he coached that were actually on the Cincinnati Bengals that he called. And it was ultimately the things that they said about Al Golden that led him to believe that Al Golden was the right guy. Al Golden was in South, South Bend two weeks right after the uh, AFC championship game. He came in, I believe that Monday or that Tuesday, They he talked, uh, went over film, observed. He left, continued to observe and look over things and communicate, and then he began preparation for the Super Bowl, which took up a lot of his time. He talked about that, and then eventually, once things were done, he got back home on the flight from Cincinnati early Monday morning, and then was in South Bend at 7 30 p.m monday night so it's been a crazy two weeks for al golden and it was down to to coach belk at houston and al golden pretty much for that dc job ultimately marcus freeman decides on al golden he gave the reasons why i think it's a great pick we all know that this man is a relentless recruiter and to go back to the point i was trying to make i want to make sure i get it across he's a different man that's really what i'm trying to say the things that you hear Around college football, around the circuit, about him and who he was as a man and as a coach early on in his career, he's changed. And that's not to say he was a bad person. You know, you just heard certain things that you might not really rock with early on in his career. But I will say this ultimately, the man he's become and the way his players talk about him right now from the NFL ranks, that's huge. And if you can get that infusion of professionalism, um, family oriented, and also being able to give confidence and being a relentless recruiter. One of the great quotes from him yesterday in the breakout session is that recruiting at Notre Dame is like the Waffle House and the Waffle House is never closed. That's Al Golden. That's your defensive coordinator. Recruiting is never done. You're always recruiting at Notre Dame I don't know the last time I heard that mentality around Notre Dame might have to go all the way back to Lou Holtz to even get that mentality from a recruiting standpoint because it definitely wasn't a mentality of the previous regime definitely wasn't but that's the type of guy you're getting as a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame now let's have some fun because shockingly your head coach Marcus Freeman was very transparent and very open about what he had to go through the twists and turns of keeping Dylan McCullough on the staff. And oh, by the way, as we talked about the Lucky Lefty Podcast, keeping Tommy Reese in South Bend.
3: Ultimately the selling point is do you want to be at Notre Dame? Do you believe in what Notre Dame can do for your future? Right? And and we don't we're not looking to match, we're not looking to do anything. We're trying to say, hey, here's here's the position do you believe this is what's best for your career? I mean, I had to fight guys for our offensive coordinator, right? Obviously, I know it's out there that there's a lot of teams and a certain team that won him a couple weeks ago. And so ultimately my conversation with Tommy Reese is, do you want to be here, man? Is this where you want to be? And, and you know, do you see yourself getting to your ultimate goals from Notre Dame? And um, obviously we were able to fight off some <laughs> a lot of people to to get him. Same thing with Dylan McCullough. Same thing with Al Golden. It's, it's – when you're at Notre Dame, people want your guys. It's a part of it. When you have success, people want a part of that staff. And so, ultimately, my job is to continue to lift as I rise, right? My head coach at Notre Dame, it doesn't get any better than that. But I think we have a staff full of people that will have goals and aspirations. And our job, my job as head coach is to try to continue to do what's best for our players here, but also help these coaches, individuals get to their ultimate goal.
0: Like Marcus Freeman said right there, he's well aware that if you're the head coach at Name, you're building a staff people are going to be coming to poach your staff consistently he understands that the twists and turns there were coaches that i'm sure guy like lance taylor he didn't expect to lose lance taylor but you know he's a great coach another school comes a calling he has to take that opportunity now what caught him off guard was mike elston he was specifically asked about that he said he was surprised he flat out said it like, yo, I was surprised when Mike Ellison said he wanted to leave and go take the job at Michigan. Being honest about Dylan McCullough. I spoke to Dylan McCullough in the breakout session, and he said the Giants came with both barrels. Financially, anything you could want, they offered it to get him to leave Notre Dame. And he said the reason he stayed was because he had made a commitment. He wanted to be there. And ultimately, His goal is to be a head coach in the college ranks. And he felt like this was the best route for him to get there. Very transparent, very honest. And you have to appreciate that because I got a lot of that from everybody on this coaching staff when I had the opportunity to listen to them and also talk to them on yesterday. Very transparent, very honest. And I would venture to say that that's the way they're going to be on the recruiting trail with these young men. As far as building relationships upfront, transparent and honest the thing that struck me okay and i already know the haters that were on the chat yesterday they're not gonna like this but we spin it different the thing that struck me is the fact that marcus freeman had to ask tommy reese do you want to be here really that that doesn't stand out you have to ask tommy reese Former player at Notre Dame, cut his teeth as a coordinator at Notre Dame, came back after interviewing with Brian Kelly down in Baton Rouge, returned to the players, met with the players, and said, ultimately, I want to be here. I want to bring a national championship here. It got to the point where you have to have a conversation and ask Tommy Reese, who has all of those connections to Notre Dame, do you want to be here? Huh? Like, that's the type of stuff you ask a girlfriend after a big fight, right? Like, man, skip all of that. I hear all of that, but at the end of the day, what are we about to do? What are we doing? Are we moving forward? Are we splitting up? Do you want to be here? Do you want to be in this relationship?
1: What would happen?
0: What would happen to cause that type of conversation to take place? I know we took a lot of heat, LL Nation. This podcast took a lot of heat for having the balls to even discuss. Some people said all oh, you guys are being a soap opera. Okay. We were willing to connect the dots though. We knew what was going on. We didn't have we were getting it from sources that were at the core of the reason why Miami called. I'll leave it at that. It wasn't just coming from all the publications that reported that might be a rift. That might be an issue with certain hirings. We were hearing it from the other side when we connected the dots and said the real reason Mario Cristobal came a calling because ultimately this is who he wants. Oh yeah, we were getting information from both sides. Lucky, lucky podcast. That's what we do. We spin it different, and we told you, hey, based upon what's being reported. And other information we're getting, we're connecting the dots. And now Marcus Freeman is being transparent and telling you, yeah, I had to have a conversation with Tommy and ask him, ultimately, man, do you want to be here? What?
1: Not. Former quarterback,
0: not. Offensive coordinator, not. The guy that spurned LSU and told the players, I'm here for you. I'm coming back because I want to coach you. I'm coming back because I want to win a national championship and bring a national championship to Notre Dame. What happened? It was just a month ago. It was all good just a month ago. What happened?
1: I'm confused. What happened? To get to the point
0: where all of a sudden there has to be a conversation of, do you want to be here? Lucky Lefty Podcast. I feel vindicated. That's all I'm saying. I feel vindicated. We told you. We connected the dots. We knew what the deal was.
1: Marcus Freeman just giving you a little insight. Really?
2: Do you want to be here? you have to ask him that? Hmm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So, Tommy Reese was asked about Listen to this. He was asked about his new tight end
1: coach and the hire. Woo.
4: Talk about deflection. Like I said, I don't try to pretend I have all the answers. If there's something that you've done somewhere else that enhances us, that makes us better, that helps put our players in a better position, I'm all ears for it. You know, I think for Jared, it's probably, you know, when we're watching film and you see something that, he recognizes that they've done and done well, that's probably where his comfort level is. And that's where he probably chimes in and you know when he has a question about something that they maybe didn't do, he'll he'll ask it. And so like I said, I'm extremely energized by the hirings. You know, the 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 thing that's been so fun, and I mean that, is we go into the room, we're studying our off season cut ups and we're in there as a staff, like there are new ideas, there's new conversations. It's not just the same five guys sitting in a room trying to check the box having stale conversations no we're at like how do we enhance how do we get better and jared's been a part of that you know Um, stuck's been a part of that coach d's been a part everybody has a hand in that and so like meetings that you used to kind of roll your eye at i can't wait till one o'clock hits and coach freeman's been in when he can and i'm sure that's his favorite part of the day too but when you're starting to find ways to help your team be better and help your offense be better Having new ideas and new people in there, I mean, it's unbelievable. And the energy, the excitement, I don't get that riled up, but I think you can hear it. Like, I mean, it's been a really fun experience for me to just sit there and see how this thing can develop
2: and grow. Let me be honest with you guys. I was in the room.
0: Tommy was a little bit uncomfortable yesterday. To most, Tommy is unflappable. He's unflappable on the field. And most would agree, usually when Tommy is talking to the media, Tommy has been outspoken. He's been on several podcasts outside of Notre Dame and the Notre Dame network. Tommy has always been loose, unflappable. Tommy Reeves was a little uptight yesterday. He had to sit there on the side because Marcus Freeman is standing there. And to the right of him, in chairs, is Tommy Rees, Al Golden, Brian Mason, listening to the press conference. And when MF dropped that comment, yo, I'm going to let y'all know, I had to ask Tommy, do you want to be here? That's where it got to. Do you want to be here? Tommy came up to the podium. He's a little bit uncomfortable. Just a tad bit. That question was about Jared Parker and what he brings. You know, I love input. I love new ideas. I love ideas, but better, I like good ones. What you trying to say, man? Yo, look, man. Tommy knows. He knows what's been reported by other publications. Why Jamarcus Shepherd is out in Washington. He knows.
1: It's a lot of pettiness going on right now,
0: unfortunately. It's not good. And the pettiness continued. Because as the press conference went on, and Tommy Reeves was
1: asked about. The process, you know,
0: Tommy said, look, when it came to the offensive coaches, I interviewed them and those that I felt like were really good. I asked Marcus and told Marcus he needed to talk to them. I did that for Chancey Stuckey because I thought Chancy was really smart. And I told Marcus, look, we really need this guy.
1: Then he said,
0: you know, you know that's the process and that's the way it went with all the guys. And I kind of shook my head in the back and then someone asked a question. What have you learned from being the guy as a coach that went through the process of having to interview guys to bring on your staff and add to the offensive side of the ball?
1: The answer I got Was
0: very interesting. I don't know about you guys, but to me, this is one of my favorite parts of the press conference. Here's Tommy Reeves on the process of interviewing and grabbing guys to be on the offensive staff. That's yeah, a it's a really good question. I haven't. Um, I think anytime
4: you're put in an experience that's new, you know, you can learn a lot of lessons and it can be invaluable. You know, I don't know where my career is going to be. A year, two years, five, ten—I don't—I don't have the answers to that. I know that from December first hit until now, I will be a better coach moving forward. I will be a better leader moving forward because of the relationship and the interactions I've had with Coach Freeman. I know that for for a fact. Um, what that leads to, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not really worried about that right now. But I do think there will be a time where I'll look back on this experience and understand that, you know, it served
0: very valuable for whatever's next so i'm gonna play that one more time but let me be clear the question the direct question was tommy going through the process of interviewing others and looking for other coaches to add to the offensive staff how has that made you a better coach how has that the question how has that made you a better coach listen to how he started off his answer That's a- that's a really good question. I haven't um
4: I think anytime you're put in an experience that's new, you know, you can learn a lot of lessons and it can be invaluable. You know, I don't know where my career is gonna be,
0: a year, two years, five times. Dude, nobody asks you about where you're gonna be from a year from now. What do you why are you inserting that? The question was, and the question still stands, how has the experience of interviewing other coaches to add to a staff how does that make you a better coach today right now the question was how is that going to make you a better coach in a year or two that wasn't the question how is that going to make you a better coach today you got Dante Moore take more on the hook why in the heck are you talking about you don't know what a year from now holds Why are you publicly saying that? For what? It makes no sense. You literally, as being reported by rivals, it looks like Notre Dame is in the lead for Dante Moore. Something you've heard on Lucky Lefty Podcast for like the last three months. Thank you, rivals, for finally catching up.
2: Thank you. Thank you for the affirmation. Let me digress a little bit. You have this man,
0: this young man on the hook, on the line, ready to be the the big domino that leads to Rodney Gallagher, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Tyler Williams, and all big-time wide receivers in the 23 class. And you come out to the media when asked a question about the process of adding offensive assistance to the staff? And you throw in, I don't know where I'm going to be a year from now. What? Do you, who says that? That wasn't even the question.
2: That's not the question.
0: The question wasn't about what you've heard from Marcus Freeman, advice you've gotten from Marcus Freeman. The question was, how has the process of interviewing other guys and going through that process of adding to the staff how has that made you a better coach
1: today? Just very
0: interesting. Very, very interesting. Mm. Your new defensive coordinator, Al Golden. I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash for this, but we connect the dots. That's just weird to me. I don't know about you. That's very weird to me. Very, very weird answer. Very strange that Marcus was very transparent about the conversation he had to have that ultimately led to Tommy Reeves returning. I don't know if I'm comfortable. Like, I love the staff, but I don't know if I'm comfortable. I'm going to have my eyes on the offensive side of the ball. I really am. They were already, man, Reeves is already under the spotlight. And as we said before, he's done a fantastic job. Recruiting the 2023 offensive side of the ball. Notre Dame is in very good shape. Very
2: good shape. I'm just saying.
0: Al Golden, your new defensive coordinator. Ultimately said, look, I was happy in the NFL. But God dog it, that Marcus Freeman.
5: Again, I was happy in the NFL. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it was an incredible experience, and um, to be down there with Coach Taylor and the defensive staff, it was just, it was just, it was awesome. Um, and to be able to coach players that bought into a team like that's hard. That's hard to leave, you know. So it's it's conflicting when you're going through it. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, when Coach Kelly left. Um, there was a time there where I didn't know if uh, Marcus was going to be the head coach, but then when he was the head coach, I listened to his press conference and I told him this at a later date. And I and I told my wife, I said uh, I share his values. I listened to his press conference and I said, you know, that would be a place that would get me back. Uh, just what Notre Dame represents um, from a community standpoint, from a character standpoint uh from an educational standpoint it just meant so much to me it's always been about the four c's right classroom community uh on the field of competition um, and then what you do in the complex so those four c's make up who we are right and i was like listening to marcus and i'm like i told my wife kelly i said you know I, i i don't really have to change to be a partner with that that guy right there like i was really impressed
0: now you have to understand let me give you a little a little analogy Working in the NFL, you talk to anybody that coaches in the NFL, the NFL, because most people would think high school and college are like the purest forms of coaching. Right. You're doing it for the love. Right. Well, actually, the NFL. is probably viewed by coaches as the purest form of coaching. Why you say that? Because most of the guys that coach in the NFL, when I talk to them, they basically talk about not having to recruit. Not having to deal with alumni, not having to deal with boosters, not having to kiss babies, not having to do all of this extra stuff. You can just coach. That's all you do. You wake up, you come into the facility, you coach, you watch film, you coach, you watch film, you coach, you watch film, you coach. That's what you do. It doesn't get any purer than the NFL. College, it's a bunch of extra stuff. Even high school now, here in Chicago. You got high school coaches standing on peewee sidelines, watching peewee football, watching the fifth graders, watching the sixth graders. It's bananas. It's bananas. NFL, you coach what you get. You coach what you get. It's the purest thing in coaching right now. So Al Golden, as I said before, who he was previously and the man he is now, The only thing that can get him back to the rat race of college football and everything that goes with it is a guy with a system and with the integrity of Marcus Freeman, Because Al Golden's seen it all. He's been in Miami. He's seen it all. He's been at Temple and knows what it takes to build a program coming from nothing back to respectability. He's seen it all. He knows what it takes. He's seen the dark side of college football. He might have even participated a little bit in the dark side of college football. Didn't like it. He just wants to coach. That's all he is. He's a lifer. He went to the the Lions, went to the offensive side of the ball, which wasn't his forte, just to be able to coach. He just wants to coach. Finally gets the opportunity to go back to the defensive side of the ball. Right? Right? The coach linebackers for the Bengals. He just wants to coach. And he told you, he was loving the NFL. He was loving where he was. Great team, up-and-coming team, just coached in the Super Bowl. Reached out to one of the recruits in the 2023 class. As soon as he was named head coach. Let me give you the response. Would love to get on the X's and O's board with him as soon as I can. 2023 recruit. Hit me up. As soon as he found out Al Golden was the defensive coordinator. It's good things happening with this staff. Al Golden happens to be one of them. He's a different man. But he's letting you know. The purest thing in coaching going right now is the NFL because you can just go and you can coach, and that's it. And that's really all you have to do because when it comes to, wait a minute, he he doesn't have to recruit. He doesn't have to recruit to the NFL. They have a full staff. They go out, scouts, look at guys, report back to the GM, report back to the director player personnel, entire staff. You guys take care of that. You guys take care of the ingredients. My job as the LB coach, when I get them, I coach them. It's the purest thing going. And a guy that loves to coach, that's what you get. Me. He loves to coach. He loves to coach. He loves to teach. And Marcus Freeman talked about that. He got teachers. He got great teachers with each and one of his new hires and great recruiters relentless recruiters I just thought that was interesting you know digging into what Al Golden said there like the only thing that could pull him back to college football with him knowing everything that goes into it as a coach it had to be a guy had to be a place like Notre Dame like Marcus Freeman the relationship he had with Jack Swarbrick he's very comfortable the relationship, and the respect he has for Marcus Freeman. He was asked, how is the relationship going to go with you having head coaching experience? He said, he's the guy. He turned to everybody in the media room and said, he's the
1: guy. He's the guy. He's the head of this program.
0: If he wants something from me, I'll answer the question. But other than that, he's the guy. My job is to teach this defense and run this defense. You know, that was like a shout moment. You guys, you know, we like in the church, when that pastor hits that rear, that point that really hits you, it might not hit anybody else, but it hits you, that truth hits you, I want to jump up and run around. I want the ushers to come fan me off. It's like, oh, okay. That's what I wanted to hear from Al Golden. That's what I needed to hear. From Al Golden. So once again, we're just talking about a few things that went on yesterday. I'll give you another tidbit. Um, I asked Chris O'Leary, defensive safeties, defensive back coach. I said, "Um, it's a lot of chatter. Coming from the defensive side of the ball. A lot of talk about national championship. And he pointed something out. He said a lot of people might think that's us. And I wish, because Malik is dealing with some stuff right now. Man, he's on the phone with some people. I wish he was on right now because
1: it's
0: incredible. That his answer was, people think it's Marcus Freeman, but really, Marcus is taking the lead of these players. These players have been, some of the players on this roster have been to multiple college football playoffs, or they've been to the playoff. So let's think about that. So their expectation is national championship. I said, hmm, you're right, coach. So he was like, them talking trash, It's really not us instilling that in them. We've kind of taken their lead. Like, that's what they want. They tasted it. They've been there. They're ready to get over the hump. And they believe that Marcus Freeman and his staff are the ones that are going to put them in a position to make that difference and to get over the hump. So it's not us. Because that was my thing, the way I started off the question. I said, from the outside looking in, it seems like everything is rolling down from the top when it comes to what the players are talking about, and especially specifically the defensive side of the ball, talking about winning the national championship. Coach O'Leary said, no.
1: Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. The message is Marcus Freeman. That's the message he's preaching. But that message
0: was here. It's been here. And I tell you guys all the time, one of the things that I'm amazed about, whether I go back and talk to guys that were on the 2011 team, and 2015 team, there's a real brotherhood. That's the one thing I can say about the regime, the previous regime. The players truly have a brotherhood. And they're together. And they play it on the line for each other each and every day. At Notre Dame. That's something as fans. You should be very proud of. Despite what's going on with the coaches. The players are locked in. To each other. And have been for a long time. A very long time. And that brotherhood is continuing. Right on in 2022. But now. I think there's a different vibe in the building. A different buzz. A different connection. A different synergy. And Marcus Freeman has the responsibility of making sure that that synergy is transferred over to the football field. And we see wins, more wins than losses, especially when the opportunity arises in the college football playoff again. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Sean Davis at SD2Mikes. Um, Brian Mason is your new special teams coach. He goes all the way back. To Kent State with Marcus Freeman and then from Kent State they went to Purdue Marcus Freeman was actually the reason he got the job at Purdue and then they both went to Cincinnati from there so he's been with Marcus Freeman very smart Marcus Freeman spoke about him when he had his time to talk very intelligent great at his job and the way the special teams has really operated you know you might as well call us fair catch you, right? Like that's that's the mantra for Notre Dame special teams recently. Just call us fair catch you. That's who we are, fair catch you. So Brian Mason was talking about special teams and getting starters. How do you get starters to buy in to special teams? Listen to this. Very, very interesting stuff here from Brian Mason. And then there's a lot of different ways we show guys through examples
4: of other um, really good programs that are really good on special teams and where do those players play and how many of their starters are are major contributors on special teams. And we've already kind of gone through that as a staff to look at other playoff teams or some of the other top teams in America and how many of their starters are on special teams compared to where Notre Dame's been and how can we better utilize some of our players to find specific spots for them to contribute to help us win games. In addition to, hey, you might not be on the punt return team, but when we do punt return drills and fundamentals, it's going to help you develop as a fundamental total football player that can help you play at the next level. So then showing guys examples of you know, how it's going to help you increase your draft status or when you get to the nfl if you have some of those skills and fundamentals developed here at notre dame
0: was cincinnati um and, or, and notre dame were they kind of similar in terms of those percentages of starters or could you share some of the that research some of the quantifying they were not similar
1: no uh-oh oh. value of starters
0: let me tell you you know what notre dame could not allow starters to play consistently on special teams and make special teams better because they were far too valuable because recruiting had not given Notre Dame the proper depth that if one of those starters got hurt, the drop-off was too considerable. That's the real deal. And
1: the fact that Brian Polian, uh,
0: Just wasn't good at his job, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. He just wasn't good at his job. Loved the energy from Brian Mason, especially in the breakout session. Had an opportunity to ask him him specifically about his goals. And he went into a breakdown of, and this story will be up on Irish breakdown as well. He went into a nice breakdown of efficiency, what the net should be in the punt return game. He talked about he needs seven kickers uh, with the kickers and punters and long snappers. He needs at least seven to be elite, to have a nice rotation, competition, all of that. Needs at least seven. That was refreshing to hear. He also talked about how Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner both played special teams. Talking about guys going in the first and second round, special teams consistently and how important it was for youngsters to see the best players on special teams getting the details the techniques of special teams how that pours into the younger players so they know the importance of special teams as soon as they set on campus it infects the entire program i'm standing there as he's talking about this and i'll keep the name of the reporter to ask the question i'll keep him anonymous But his follow-up question to that was, well, you know, at Notre Dame, we would see Cal Hamilton and other starters in big games like Cincinnati and Georgia on special teams. And then when they played lesser teams, they wouldn't play special teams. Is that your style of coaching? Listen to me. Brian Mason with a scrunched up face like, what?
1: Said, no, that's not how we do
0: things. I just want you to know what's been going on and the way things have been coached. You want to understand why Notre Dame has been fair
1: catch you? They're not being coached properly.
0: You want to know why they haven't been able to make an impact with block punts, return game, the specialties and the nuances. Now you had a guy like, look, Bo Bauer has been a special team standout for three straight seasons three straight seasons and Bo
1: Bauer's name was brought up in that breakout session. And
0: Mace was just like, yo, everybody, every starter is going to be involved with special teams, technique and playing in some way, form or fashion. They might not get on the field, but they will participate in practice in special teams. One of the most refreshing things I heard all day. One of the most refreshing things I heard all day. When it's time to practice special teams, this is not time for the starters to go relax and chill. Uh Uh-uh. Pay attention. Pay attention to the fundamentals because this might be the very thing that keeps you in the NFL for 10 years. This part of the game right now. I know you think you're killing right now, but this might be the part of the game that provides for you and your family. Right here. Pay attention this is important
1: we don't laugh this off everybody is bought in
0: to special teams you gotta love it lucky lefty podcast let's get to some of your comments get to some of your comments let's see Michael campbell rivals still shows Michigan in the lead for five-star quarterback Dante Moore. Also watched his Rivals interview yesterday on YouTube. So if you have something different, tell us where to go to see it. No, Michael, we don't have anything different other than the fact that Dante Moore talks to my co hosts consistently on a weekly basis. I don't care what Rivals are saying. Michigan's never been in the lead. We told you the two strongest relationships as far as head coaches that he had was with Marcus Freeman and Mel Tucker. Been saying that. His relationship at Michigan, Josh Gaddis, gone. Really didn't have a relationship with Jim Harbaugh. Didn't know Jim Harbaugh was going to be the coach at Michigan. So I don't care what rivals is saying. My co-host talks to
1: him just about every other day.
0: And we've been saying on this show that Tommy Reese has done a fantastic job. In that Rivals interview, what did he say? That's my guy. Marcus Freeman, that's my guy. I talk to him
1: every day. That's the head coach that he
0: talks to every day. So I'm just saying. Everybody's catching up to us when it comes to Dante Moore. We've been saying it. Crystal balls on rivals that were for Michigan have gone to Notre Dame. They literally wrote an article on it. So
1: people that thought it was all Michigan earlier just because of the Detroit connection are starting to switch their crystal balls. So we don't, our information is coming from a barrier.
0: Very credible source. Uh my guy, Rob Titoff, man. Long time no see. How you doing, Rob? Did you watch the Hoops game against BC last night? I did. And for about 80% of that game, Notre Dame was ticking me off. They were ticking me off. BC was game. But it showed last night that Notre Dame's gonna will struggle in the tournament with matchups if they have to go up against size. A big guy in the middle that can really score because once the bc big man fouled out notre dame really took control of that game they went on that late run to ultimately win in overtime but i did check out the game and my boy jordan Cornette was on the call brother of the program he did an incredible job and hopefully they continue the acc is down this year but i think if i'm not mistaken from what I've seen, they're locked in at about an eight-nine seed right now. So they might have to do some more damage, get a couple more wins in the ACC tournament. But I mean, if you're a top three team in the ACC, you deserve you deserve six-seven seed in my opinion. You deserve to be a six-seven seed. So hopefully, they can keep it going and get to that point. Appreciate the love, Rob. A-1000, remember the 1993 team is all about the players. The 94 and 96 coaches were just as good or the same, but the 93 players were. Players do make the difference. A-1000, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: d Beasy, Tommy wants out
0: of there because he couldn't get what he wants. Uh, Weezing in the juice. Tom got that straddle-itis he bought from BK. Also half out the door. Peeping. Half out the door, I'm peeping. All right. Tommy Reed's got to go. Lilo Galante. Michael Parks, bye, little boy. Uh, (laughs) MW Jr. said, not just yet, though. Not just yet. Get Dante first. Then we can deal with that other stuff. I feel you on that.
2: I feel you on that. I don't Charlie White's
0: last belt loop. I don't I I get I get what you're saying here. But look, great relationship with his dad, you can't fault anybody's father having
1: connections. Like, yo. You can't fault that. It is what it is. You know, he grew
0: up in Lake Forest. Pierre Sean out here listening with his third. It's really not a it was literally right there. I promise you, when Marcus Freeman said that and he was that transparent, I was in the back, like, yo, he's letting it be known. Like Marcus Freeman is like, I'm not, I'm not going into
1: this season with this being like
0: behind the scenes. He's like, I'm letting you know. I had to flat out ask this dude, do you want to be here? Because if you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. That's what he said. If you don't want to be here, it's probably best that you're not here. I just don't like the fact of bringing up, for me, It's not even, let me be specific, what my issue. I don't have an issue with Tommy Reese taking the call. Tommy Reese can feel how he wants to feel about anything that's happened in that building. We told you what the move was all about from Miami's side, which is why they moved from Tommy Reese and went to Josh Gattis, somebody with a relationship with that quarterback from Detroit. We told you. We told you where it stemmed from right? The camp that Dante went to Miami, participated, left that camp that weekend, went right over to the campus. In that camp, he outplayed Nico Maliva, caught the eye of everybody at the University of Miami. Offer came right after that. He was down in Miami on the campus after that camp. The next day, taking pictures with Ed Reed and all types of Miami greats. And what we're telling you is that we see you, Mario Cristobal. We see you playing chess. It's all good. We see you. And if you read that rivals article or the piece that was written under the interview, Miami all of a sudden is in the picture for Dante Moore. After, After not being in the picture for the bulk of his recruitment, now all of a sudden Miami's being mentioned with Notre Dame and Michigan and Michigan State. Funny, but who told you when we connected the dots? What it was all about. Lucky lefty. We told you. We
1: told you. So I'm not mad at Tommy. My
0: issue with Tommy though, yesterday. Why are you, yo, what are you talking about? You don't know where you're gonna be a year from now. You got Dante Moore on the hook. Why are you publicly saying that? And that wasn't even a question. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on, man. You can't that's you can't make that mistake. Cause I know if I'm Michigan, I'm cutting that up and I'm texting it to Dante this morning. Like, hey, you see this? Dude said he might not even be there next year. He doesn't know what the future holds. I would negative recruit the hell out of that little five-second clip. If I'm Michigan, if I'm Miami, heck yeah, I'm sending that to him this morning. Like, hey, did you see this? Double down. Y'all hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. We stepped out front. We took the bullets. We took all the trash talk from everybody because we knew what the hell we were talking about when that situation was going down. And we weren't the first to jump out there and report. We don't care about being first. We care about being right, though. We definitely care about connecting the dots. and That's what we do. We spin it different, baby.
1: We spin it different for you. This is what we create
0: for LL Nation. That statement about Rees really stood out. I bet MF has someone already in mind. If, when, he fails. In fact, I would be that Reeves is not going to be there after this season. If Reeves leaves, don't be shocked if Dylan McCullough is the next offensive coordinator, because that would be the next step to him getting the head coaching job in college. Running back coach at Notre Dame, offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, head coach in college football.
1: Don't be shocked. That goes to what you just said, N.W. Junior. He might be on the staff already in the form of Dylan
0: McCullough. I got Brendan Stanton. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for that Freeman and Reeves convo. Convo. Yeah, because you know the convo was deeper than that. Ultimately, like, he basically gave you the premise of what the conversation was about, ultimately, and what it came down to, but you know, That conversation was a little bit deeper. Let's see. Facts, Pierre. That's man talk right there. We can skip all of these theatrics. Skip all of those feelings and that emotion you're talking about. Do you want to be here? That was like, that's almost like, man, I hear what you're saying. Well, skip all that. Do you want to be here? Let me know. Because otherwise, I got some calls to make. I got some calls to make. That was like one of the dopest. Look, so we get to the end of the breakout session, and Al Washington. Is surrounded by the media. He's the last coach at a table. Everybody else is kind of filtered out. All of the other coaches are filtered out and gone. So over in the corner to the right of everybody is Marcus Freeman, uh, Mike Mickens, and Chris O'Leary. And Al Washington is just enjoying it, man. He's like the Pied Piper. He's enjoying sharing stories and talking about, you know, uh, his uh, – I believe his uncle was the first – Black player at Notre Dame to letter, if I'm not mistaken. His, his family has historical connection to the University of Notre Dame. So don't quote me on that. I think that's what it is. And they were asking him about that story. And he was just a pie Piper. And his connection to Notre Dame and everybody was loving it. And in the midst of that, you hear from the right side of the room, hey, man, hey.
1: We got defensive linemen to recruit.
0: And I bust do. I bust up laughing, yo. Because people don't realize, like, the media start laughing. But I'm looking like, yo, that dude is serious, man. He ain't. Like, y'all, let that man go. He's not. Marcus not playing. Marcus is literally letting him know without embarrassing him. Uh, put throwing them under the bus in front of everybody like hey dude let's go
1: we got some work to put in and he
0: shaped it to where it could be taken by everybody else from a comic from a, a comical standpoint but let me tell you I was looking that man dead in his face when he said it that man was serious as a heart attack he was serious as a heart attack. Like, hey, man, look, enough of all them pleasantries and stories. Skip all that. We got some dudes to get. Let's go. And that was the last question of the day for Al Washington. He answered that question, and they went and jumped in the suburban, yo. They went and jumped in the suburban and went to recruit. That was the best part of the day. I was like, yo, that's. that's that's who Marcus Freeman is like alright like I'm cool I'm chill I'll be the nice guy but when it's time for me to be serious that's why he came into, that's why it, the conversation went to hey man I hear you do you want to be here skip all that other stuff do you want to be here because all that other stuff
1: you ain't talking about nothing right now you ain't talking about nothing
0: I'm on a roll I've been putting together a staff. I'm on a roll. I'm making connections. I'm networking. I'm on a roll. You don't want to be here? Okay. That's cool. Heck yeah. we Absolutely. He was recruiting in his press, presser. Heck yeah. Al Golden is relentless, my man. Relentless. Coach Golden is an excellent choice all around. This is exciting. He gets results and is a great fit. I agree with that. Jeffrey Hudson. I love what Coach Golden said when he listened to Marcus press conference and heard him talk. He told his wife this is a coach he wanted to coach with. Speaks volumes about Coach Golden. Yeah. Like I said, he knows yo college football the NFL is like from a coaching standpoint the NFL is like the Jedi's.
1: Right? And um, college coaches are like the empire.
2: It's
0: like, dude, the college ranks, like the levels they have to go to to get guys to come to school and keep them in the school. And some of them sell their souls. And man, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's almost like you have to become a Darth Vader. You know, NFL, full of guys that they can just purely coach and they just love it. And, you know, Al Golden experiencing that side, experience, experience a little bit of the dark side, the only way he was going to come back was for a guy in a situation like Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. So as a fan base, we should be appreciative that we got a guy like Al Golden at this point in his life, at this point in his life.
2: Mr. Sanders, Freeman will
0: have to replace half his staff again next year. You know what? That's – I think today Nick Saban lost somebody from – another person from his staff. So, you know, when you're on top, you're a top five program in college football, yes, turnover on your coaching staff is something you have to get used to. So you have to continue to build that network, build relationships on all levels of football so that you have someone in the pipeline. Let's
2: see. Let's see. Oh, you know what? Wee's in the
1: juice. Brian Hartline, absolutely.
0: What type of tag team, Truman? Thank you, man. Uh, Al Washington, Harry stands B for Notre Dame. Um, the one thing that stood out for Harry stands other than hitting me dead in my chest as soon as I walked in the lounge, <laughs> is that uh he's very excited to prove people wrong. I think a lot of people. And I'm sure a lot of other programs will use his age to negative recruit Notre Dame from an offensive line standpoint. But he's very confident in what he's done. He's very confident in his resume, his living resume that lives right now. Jared Patterson is his guy. Like, you mean the guy that was going to be a late first round, second round pick? Jared Patterson was his recruit. He identified Jared Patterson. He's the main reason why Jared Patterson chose to return because Jared Patterson knows, look, if there's anything that's going to take me to the next level, it's going to be this man that identifies it and gets me to that place on the field. So just remember that everything has come full circle. He's excited to prove people wrong. He might even have a little chip on his shoulder. And he talked about that, how excited he is to recruit and get out there. And having the rest of the staff be as young and energetic as they are probably is a good thing for him to be a part of a staff like that. Absolutely. You guys let me know. You know, if you think we're tripping, you know, listening to what we said yesterday and connecting the dots. You know, to what we previously talked about. Hatchet said, put them on the petty train. Who? Hatchet Wound? Who? Who are we putting on the petty train? (laughs)
2: Multiple people? Who are we putting on the petty train? Trying to get some more of your comments. um
1: sunset kid no 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 i simply believe
0: uh from what i have heard everything was really really sweet that's why i said man it was all good just a month ago like everything was sweet until it got to this whole coaching search thing and then things got a little bit uncomfortable And the word we threw out there that might have been the confusion was autonomy. We don't know if that word was said. We don't know if that word was used, whether it was by Jack Swarbrick, whether it was by Marcus Freeman. But it seems to be floating around somewhere where maybe somebody got in their feelings a little bit because they felt like they were going to have total control, only to find out. That's not the case. But jealous, as far as no. Tommy, I think Tommy knew he didn't have a chance at getting that job, being a head coach. No. No. Free J free. Thank you for tapping in. You think Tommy's trying to pull a fast one by saying not know, not knowing how long he's going to be there to make more? Think twice about coming to Notre Dame. I you know what now that's that's man that's an extra level of spite like extra level of spitefulness. I don't know, I
1: doubt
2: it, I doubt it pala give
1: give Tommy a break for what give him a break for what that's like saying, um. No, man, we're not giving breaks. That was a mishap.
0: Once again, you see, sometimes people have a problem. They miss the point. i give you the information so you can have the information. The point, my point, you don't say with Dante Moore on the hook, possibly one of the most important recruits in the last five years, For Notre Dame, you don't have him on the hook and publicly say, I don't know if I'll be here a year from now. I don't know what a year from now holds. You don't do that. It's
1: not smart. You don't do that.
0: It's a horrible move. And you weren't even asked about a year from now. You put that out there being passive aggressive. You inserted that into the answer for no reason. Unsolicited. Nobody asked you where you were going to be a year from now, two years from now. The question was, how have you been improved as a coach from this process of interviewing candidates? That was the question. Come on, man. No, I'm not. I'm not giving them a break on that. If we lose Dante Moore, point to that right there because i guarantee you miami michigan and every other school that wants to untake more are putting that together and texting it right now today like this dude said he might not even be there sean green says it like yo it's all about you have to be smart and aware of what you're saying and maybe he was trying to really get across and respond to what marcus freeman like i said marcus freeman put it out there i don't think i don't think tommy thought marcus would be be that transparent and put it out there i told you he was uncomfortable the guy that really is unflappable on the field off the field stepped to that mic looked a little bit uncomfortable and when asked that question
1: he went down a road that had absolutely nothing to do with the question he was asked. And like you said, it was just probably, it might've been an awkward answer, but man.
0: Yo, who was this? Leonidas Spartan kick, Sean, I'm in your city. What's up? Big up. Picking up a load of cocoa butter over here at Blumber Chocolate. Okay. You know, there's a lot of great chocolate factories here in Chicago. Around, let's see, around 2, 3 o'clock, you can really get the smell in the neighborhood floating through. Wonderful,
2: wonderful, especially up there on the north side.
0: Uh, we's in the juice. Those recruiting sites were founded and are sponsored by the folks that hate Notre Dame. They're never going to say good things about India their recruits. Uh, Sean Powers, what's up, my man? I like what Al Golden said about problem solving on the fly in between possessions during the game. Not at halftime.
2: MW laughing
0: at me. Yeah, I almost caught it yesterday. I almost caught it Well golden gave that answer <laughs> Yes, D-B-Z, I wanted to run about I wanted to run a shout absolutely I was like, okay That's what I want to hear. That's right. Cue the music Cue the music get that organ piping Yes, sir <laughs> Sean Long, thank you for tapping in, my man. Al Golden had my Bengals linebackers playing great this year. Hype about the hire, respect Freeman, No doubt. We appreciate you. Hatchet wound. What you smoking today, Sean? I don't smoke. I've never smoked in my life. So I don't know what you're referring to, but hey, here's what it is. Alex uh, Pizantas. Love Mason's interview. He was even better in the breakout session. Like if you loved his main interview, the breakout session, star. Definitely has some awesome ideas. Zacho, SD, what's your way too early win total for next year? Three tough games. Notre Dame.
1: You know me. I'm all I'm always the optimist. I think we beat Clemson. The swing game will be,
0: we go into SC with one loss. I think we go into SC with one loss. And ultimately that USC game, Cam Hart, they're going to play that clip leading up to that game from inside the garage. So be ready to get it done on the field, back up your words. They're going to walk into the Coliseum with one loss. College football playoffs might be on the line. That's my way too early prediction. Yes. That's a good idea, Jay Golden, 44, fair catch you T-shirts.
2: Because that's what that's what Notre Dame has been. I, you know, I don't like – Brian polling just didn't do his job well in my opinion.
0: David Knight, thank you for tapping in with us always. He did take that temperature, and that question was still floating around in Tommy's head. It's possible. Like I said, when he said that, I think it was unexpected. I think it was unexpected by a lot of people that were sitting out there with the media. I think Tommy sitting to the right didn't expect to hear that and didn't expect him to give a doorway, a peek, into the conversation, but he did.
2: He did.
0: <laughs> Brenda, Stan, I, I agree with you, my man. They also need to stop putting guys like Salerno back returning kicks. And that's what I asked um one of the questions i got to ask mason was you know how early does your evaluation start when you're trying to identify guys in the return game like is it simply when you get them on campus or does it start when you're recruiting and he said yes it definitely starts when you're recruiting you know because you don't recruit anybody to your school to play special teams however you know when you're sitting there and you're watching a wide receiver you're watching the defensive back coach. Like I go to all the rooms as a special teams coach. I'm connected to all the rooms, all the position coaches. I watch film with all of them, and I'm saying to myself, "Okay, this guy has value in the return game." So I know when they come before they get here, I know they have that value, and I can set them up and coach to that. So that was refreshing to hear. So I don't, I don't know if we'll be fair
1: catch you for long. But
2: I love what I heard from Brian Mason on yesterday.
0: This is a good point, A-1000. When you have game breakers on the field, those guys minimize coaching errors. So no worries. Indy is going to roll. That's something else. I spoke to Brian Mason about, I mean, not Brian Mason, but Chris O'Leary about, uh, we were talking towards the end of the session, and I said, you know, there's a lot of disappointments around the Fiesta Bowl. And I flat out asked him, is it as simple as guys, you know, just having to make the plays? And he said, no, it's not as simple as that. He said, yo, you know, when we have the opportunity to make plays, we can't take bad angles. We have to make tackles. We have to make the plays on the back end. But also with that, there are some things scheme-wise that we can do better to put our guys in better positions. So now I thought that was a great answer. And, um, yo, whether it's a Fiesta Bowl or ultimately winning a national championship, it's going to be those one or two plays, big plays made in the game that may decide those games. Michael Campbell, I'm serious about input on getting a top quarterback coach from from Marcus Freeman's staff and Notre Dame overall for development. It's time to have to see our quarterbacks killed on big stages versus top teams. Um, I think Brian Driscoll has talked about this on IB. I don't think, I don't know, I, I don't think there's a need. And Malik talked about this. He said, you know, there's not necessarily a necessity to have a quarterback coach with your OC being Tommy Rees, a former quarterback, because now the message going to your quarterbacks can be the same coming from the same person. He said, now, nah, if you just want to have somebody to come in and just work, run drills and things of that nature, then fine. But, you know, what are they really doing when the message is really coming from Tommy? So. From a positional standpoint, it might make sense. And honestly, I don't think Tommy feels like he needs a quarterback coach. I think he feels like he can do both
2: jobs.
0: (laughs) Terry Washburn, you are absolutely right. It's going to take more than Dante Moore to fix Miami's problems anyway. I will say this, though the one thing that will get fixed. When Mario Cristobal is at the helm, both sides of the line. He'll immediately change that offensive line and that defensive line. That's his forte. That's his forte. He went to Oregon and immediately started getting guys on both lines. So, Golden Homers, Dante's probably watching. Now I'm more concerned about you know his conversations and his conversations with Marcus Freeman are daily. This comes down look we are in the home stretch. Dante Moore is very aware of his importance to the recruiting class on the offensive side of the ball for whatever program whatever program he chooses. He's not going to drag this out. he wants to commit. And then he wants to get the best receivers, tight end, offensive linemen, and everybody to come where he's going to be. In order to do that, his commitment has to come a little bit earlier than everybody else. So with that being said, I've said this, man. I've given – this podcast has given Tommy Rees his flowers for the last three months, and we'll do it again. February 17, 2022. Tommy Reese has done an incredible job establishing and building relationships with the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and skilled positions on the offensive side of the ball in this 2023 recruiting class. He's done a phenomenal job. I don't know how many times we have to say it on this podcast and give him his flowers. We've done it consistently. We've told you Notre Dame is in great position with Dante Moore because of Tommy Reeves. Tommy Reeves has put it on the tee. Ultimately, Marcus Freeman is trying to close this deal. He's trying to close this deal. And either Tommy and Marcus are able to close the deal or they're not. It's as simple as that. They're right there. They're right there. Whomever they're battling, they're right there. They're right there. Tommy, Marcus, don't hit the nitro too early, as they say in the Fast and Furious. Just don't hit the nitro too early. Hit it at the right time and get Dante Moore to South Bend. That's how you make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you're right. Jared Parker also has OC background and experience. So that's something else that's beneficial to your staff, man. Like When you have a head guy that is not afraid to take a step back, allow others to be the face of whatever needs to get done, yo, that needs to be the same thing with everybody else on that staff. If I don't have the answer, let me take a step back and put somebody in here that has the answer and get the job done. And can get the job done. And that is something that's flowing straight down from Marcus Freeman. That's how he operates. Good coaches are always receiving offers from elsewhere. Look, I told you this is going to be a great year for Tommy to prove anybody wrong that has an issue with him as an OC. Like, hey. His quarterback just put up 500 yards in the Fiesta Bowl. So I won't give him an A for the Fiesta Bowl. He really didn't have an offensive line, didn't have an O-line coach that he trusted. He talked about how much he trusts Harry Heastan, how he talked to Harry consistently. Since the time he was a quarterback in Notre Dame, even when Harry left, now that he's back, he trusts Harry Heestand. So look for him to have more trust in the running game this year. And that'll definitely impact his play calling. Jimmy Jones, that might be the case as well. Sometimes Tommy's just too honest. You just can't. Stakes are high. Stakes is high. I wish I had that audio right now to play it. The stakes are high, man. Man, the stakes are high for Dante. This this young man is important. This, him coming to Notre Dame can pay dividends for years to come. like, the stakes are high at an all-time high at Notre Dame. You just can't make a mistake like that publicly, saying something like that. Chris Irway, no idea if this was an actual quote, but seeing this on Twitter yesterday, loved it. Yeah, we talked about that early in the show. I was right there next to him when he said that. Yep, he did say that. Look, man, Michael Mike Campbell, I see your comment. Dante Moore is not going to Penn State or Oregon. It's not happening. Oregon, maybe for the swoosh and the uniforms. He's not going to Happy Valley. I will put money right now. I'll bet my house. My wife might not like that. Let me back up a little bit. I'll bet my vehicle right now, the title in hand. Dante Moore is not going to Penn State. That I'm, dude, that I'm 100% sure of. 100%. <laughs> he said, Brian Dimbo, Tommy will walk out with Dante like Al Pacino on any <laughs> <this> Sunday. <laughs> Facts.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what he said
0: to Al Washington. Like, yo, we got, hey, let's go. Let's get out of here. I remember we talked about the Waffle House. I remember LL Nation saying they weren't impressed with the Waffle House, a lot of you guys. A-1000, sorry about your loss. Sorry for your loss. And prayers to you and your family. And uh, God's peace upon you all.
1: Sorry for your loss.
0: Donnie Cruz, what's up, my dude? I like Reese. But, oh, first Donnie. Yo, Donnie, what's up with that game last night? Your Knicks, bro. Let's talk about it. What's up with your Knicks, bro? 28-point 20 po- lead? No KD? No Kyrie, no Ben. You lose at the Garden after being up 28? Come on, bro. Talk to me about it. <laughs> I like Reeves, but I feel like he's a snake and he wanted the head coaching gig. He didn't get in now. He's going to say, look, who knows what evil lurks in the heart of men? Who knows? Who knows? He might
2: have felt a certain way.
0: Um Joseph Dobrzezinski, thank you. Um Luke's probably going to Ohio State. Luke's probably going to Ohio State. I think once the comment came out what his dad made, I think three weeks ago saying Luke is going to play offensive tackle in college and Notre Dame for the majority of the time under Mike Ellison, recruiting him as a defensive lineman. That that really put Notre Dame behind the eight ball, even with Harry Heat taking the helm, so a large hill to climb. That was a
2: large hill to climb. Man, you guys are really going
0: at Tommy, man. He's back. He's your OC now. Like you said. Go get the guys. Go get the guys. Yeah, Jock Thibodeau, I see you, my man. You're right. Still can't believe Van Gorder was our DC at one point, and also the linebacker play in the Super Bowl was fantastic. Was fantastic. I actually think the DC, Luan Marano, did a great job of what he had on the back end. In London, he didn't have a lot of household names. Had a really good defensive front, but linebackers in the back end, he did a fantastic job of uh, disguising coverages and getting the best out of those guys. well that boy malik is ducking he was on yesterday finally and he told me he had some early stuff to deal with with the family but he thought he could get in he actually talked to me five minutes before the show and said give him five minutes and um unfortunately I guess I might get him back on tonight because I know he wants to talk about this Tommy stuff. I definitely know he wants to talk about this Tommy stuff. Because when I texted him on the way home, he was like, he was headed to the Lakers game. And uh, I texted him and he was like, what? Yo. So you just never know. You never know. Man, thank you for everybody that's been following us on Instagram and social media. Um, Look, I'm all for that, Mark Peterson. I would love David Cutcliffe as an advisor. He has relationships and connections in Notre Dame. That would be fantastic. Fantastic. I I saw someone in the chat. I don't want to try to find it because I know it was a little bit further up um carnell tate i'll actually be chopping it up with him he'll be home this weekend so we're supposed to chop it up this weekend he was at uh the camp the midwest 707 pylon camp not camp but 707 tournament and um was wearing ohio state gloves like they sent it to him he probably wore them I don't know if Notre Dame sent him any gloves quite yet. So, once again, I'm comfortable with Notre Dame getting back in this thing because I think we were honest and he was honest when he came on. You know, if you haven't seen the Carnell Tate interview with us, you know, it's in our archives. Go to the YouTube channel and check it out. Uh, 30 minutes we had with the young man. Ohio State was in the lead. And he was about to commit, and then all of a sudden, you know, you had some things happen, and Notre Dame jumped back in strongly, and that's because of Tommy Reese. That's all because of Tommy Reese, and he talked about their relationship, and I think Carnell is waiting to see. Without saying it, he's waiting to see
2: what dominoes fall with Dante Moore.
0: He's waiting to see. I think I'll try and get that out of him this weekend. Like, how prevalent is that? Because in that conference, he said the quarterback and the OC are two of the biggest factors, ultimately, and where he decides to go. You guys are having great conversations, I see, about the wide receiver room. This is why I love LL Nation, man. Not only the way you guys talk to us. But the way you converse with one another and the
1: conversations you guys create.
0: All the coaches also talked about, I had multiple coaches. Chancey Stuckey was fantastic. He was a star, in my opinion, yesterday. He was a star when it came to the wide receiver room, what he has, what he wants moving forward, and how he's going to coach how he was able to convey that along with talking about how important it was for him to be relational with the players that are here and the players that are to come and the guys that don't even come to Notre Dame and impact their lives because that's part of his ministry. Great conversation, great guy, loved everything he said. He was a star in the breakout session with me as well, in my opinion. He said, Bro, I'm a Knicks fan. It's expected. <laughs> I did. I watching that game. I turned up. I think I turned back and it was like 93 93. And I'm like, Wait a minute. What just happened? Super chat. Thank you for my dude, Matt 2011 GT. Sean of Tommy, Indy Landmore. Do you think he would want to stay to coach that kid for the three years he'll be there? No, no. Because you get an opportunity. To go to the NFL if they come knocking, you don't say no. And I know we just talked about Dylan McCullough. He's already been in the NFL. So he has that experience. So for him to stay and ultimately try to steer himself into a career where he ends up being a head coach in college football, that's why his decision was different. Tommy's never been to the NFL. Uh well, wanting to get to the NFL as an OC, he's never had that position. So ultimately, If things go well in the development of Tyler Buckner, like let's not skip over Tyler Buckner. If things go well in the development of Tyler Buckner and Dante Moore plays well when he finally sees the field, I can see Tommy being in the NFL easily in two years because the platform is Notre Dame. Tommy Reeves has one of the best platforms in the world, man. It's Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. And if you produce as an OC on this level, on this platform, the NFL is coming because you already have the connections. You already have the connections. And he, that's the thing that worries me. Like, yo, like, understand what you have. Like, understand what you have.
2: I haven't seen that, Charlie. I haven't seen that.
1: I haven't seen that, so I don't know why they're saying that.
0: I have no clue, especially Keon. Keon's locked in. Keon's recruiting, dude. Like rec- Keon's recruiting like crazy. Him, Drake, Peyton, they're recruiting another Dame like crazy. So I have no clue where Rivals is getting that from. Something I did learn is that Rivals and other organizations are directly tied in to these sec schools and the coaching staffs get bonuses for signing five stars. So that's why you see the manipulation of four star, five star, because they get bonuses for the number of five stars they sign. And, you know, and they're tied into these games, right? Uh, the all American bowl is tied into a certain site publication ESPN. Their bowl is under armor. So guys that commit to the Under Armour, of course, they're gonna be ranked a little bit higher, get bumped up. It's all of this stuff is political, man. I wish they would just service the fan bases and the people and give them the best information. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do for the money, right? If you're running a business, I guess. I will stop short. I don't. I think if anybody's calling Tommy a Judas uh I will stop short. I don't know if I'm reading that right, but uh let's let's stop short of that. Jeff, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm writing an article for Irish breakdown on my conversation with Chancey Stuckey. Uh it should be up Friday, if not Friday, Saturday. A great conversation with Chancey about the wide receivers here right now and what's there and then what he sees and how he wants to develop that room and ultimately what he wants it to look like had a great conversation with him see, trying to get to all your comments, man, because you guys have been fantastic today. Yeah, Joe H. Yeah, I have them going to Southern Cal with one loss. I do. I do. As of right now. That's my way too early optimistic um,
2: <laughs> prediction right now. Ashley, that's
1: how
0: you feel, Ashley? Sis, that's how you feel? Tommy's doing too much leaking and having produced. NBA is hot right now and he's trying to leave deuces. That's how you feel? Ah, <laughs> Jermaine, you're wild. Jermaine Hargraves, thank you, my brother. I like the work Tommy Reed's putting in with recruits, but if we had Tommy Egan, Dante Moore would have committed already. Yeah, he would have found an easy. He would have found an interesting way, an interesting way to uh, convince him, like Tommy Egan does, to fall in line. <laughs> never lost Romer. Sean, please tell us the story. How is it that you allowed your daughter to go to USC? Um, let me big up my daughter because I've never been that bumper sticker. You know, dad, you know, when your daughter gets straight A's and all that stuff, I thought I'm not messing up my car, putting up a decal in the window or a bumper sticker. But she put in the work. She's put in the work. She's been in theater, dance, music. She does all three. She writes her own music. She makes her own beats, um, sings, dances. She's been doing theater since she was like six. I went to the number one theater school in the state of Illinois. She's a two-time state champion in the state of Illinois uh, for speech. Um, She won it as a team category as a junior, and she won it as a senior in the comedy category. So she's extremely funny as well. She's just a talented kid. And so when you, all the schools like uh, Vanderbilt wanted her, but they wanted her strictly for music. Um, USC, uh, Loyola Marymount, who has a great theater program. Uh, and Howard. Howard, you know the list of actors and actresses that have come out of Howard. So those were her top four. And NYU. She had to audition for NYU. She got into NYU. And those were her top five. And ultimately, she decided, she decided on USC. It came down to NYU and USC. And she chose USC. And that was her decision. And it was simple as that. It was like whatever school was going to give her the best path to what she wants to do. And now she's doing her thing. She's going on auditions out in L.A. while going to school and being on the dean's list. We're proud parents. So, this is my bumper sticker moment right here on my podcast. Like, I never put bumper stickers on my car and really did a lot of jumping up and down. But, yo, I'm extremely proud to be her dad, even as a Notre Dame fan. And I got to troll her a lot this year. After, oh, she got a call after every, she got a call for me after every USC game, every single one. Especially the ones when they were getting blasted, I let her have it. And she recently just sang the national anthem at the USC uh, UCLA basketball game over Super Bowl weekend in front of 12,000. So, like I said, I'm a proud papa, man. I care less. Whatever school was going to give her the best opportunity to develop and fulfill her dreams and pursue her dreams, I'm all for it. I could care less. USC,
1: UCLA, didn't matter to me.
0: But I'll be there. I will be at that game. Covering it, but I'll be there as a father as well, enjoying it with my daughter. She actually wanted to fly in for the USC game this year, but she couldn't do it because of scheduling. We were going to go enjoy the game uh, when they came in this year. And we couldn't make it happen. (laughs) Matt, you're on a roll, my brother. You
2: are on a roll. You are on a roll.
0: Oh, man. My apologies. My apologies for the assumption based upon the first name. My apologies. My deepest apologies. And according to the chat, you've said it multiple times in the chat. I overlooked it. Man, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. Floyd, Stucky, next time you're in the bend. All right, look. Everybody's making these promises. I'm in the bend two weeks for the, for the first practice, of spring practice. It's a weird schedule they have a practice spring break for the kids and then they come back and start the re- the rest of uh, spring practice so weird on notre dame's part. frankies floyd i'm gonna hold you to it i'm gonna hold you
1: to
2: it floyd once again ashley my apologies I
1: see
0: it. I'm a combat veteran. 13 Bravo, no female. Mom, curse me with that name. But I'm a man. It's all good.
2: It's all good. My apologies. Oh, you got bars too? Bob, come
0: on. What's up with the digs, Bob. (laughs) She gets her beauty. Um, She definitely gets her beauty from her mom. Her talent is from both sides. I think I've said this before. Like, my entire family uh, is musically inclined. My brother is a writer, songwriter, mostly for gospel artists. And, um, yeah, so she gets it from both sides. My wife is a dancer. She wanted to be a dancer uh, going throughout high school. She went to the number one dance school and public schools, high schools here in the city, Whitney Young. And so she gets it from both sides. She gets it from both sides. Appreciate, appreciate everything you guys are saying, man. I love you guys so much, man. You guys are really family, man. Really family. Look, so so you know, I was the one that went through all the mail with her when she was getting mail from all of these schools. And we sifted through all of the mail. And I kept Notre Dame in the pile as long as I could. And she knew how much Notre Dame meant to me. But ultimately, it's hard to say no to that California son. It's hard, my dudes. I tried. It's ll. I tried. I tried to steer in that direction. I tried. It was just a man, too big of a hill for me to
1: climb. But I thank you all for your
0: kind words. Thank you. Let's hit that. Let's hit that button. Let's hit that button. Hit that like button. Uh, let's see. Irish, Mojo twenty five. Any words? If Dante comes, he might go with Tommy in the transfer portal. No, I mean Tommy. Uh, it won't be to another school. The relationship with Marcus Freeman has has grown to a point that even if Tommy left, it really wouldn't impact Dante. It wouldn't if he was if he was at Notre Dame. It wouldn't. It wouldn't impact Dante at all. And when Tommy leaves, I doubt he goes to another school. I I truly believe he's leaving for the NFL. Donnie, make the road trip. I'll be out there. I think um, I think Malik and Tavon Coney, who's also uh, connected to the Anora whiskey. I think they'll be in town because they're already in a couple of stores around campus. So yeah. Absolutely. Will Chesney, my God! If we get Dante, we can't worry about all that. That's like contingent on so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not even thinking about that. I like you said, Will. Let's just get him. Just, just get him by any means <laughs> necessary. Let's, let's just get him. Let's get him. That's out. Yeah. April 23rd. Come out. Look. You know, I'm going to allow the blue and gold game to lease some time. And on April 23rd. Because the most important thing on April 23rd is we're celebrating this dude right here. And we're going to be celebrating in the bin. I'm celebrating my birthday in the bin. I don't know where yet. Malik said he's going to be setting up the party. So, you guys, we'll get you the information. We'll let you know. Let me know what venue you would like to sh- see us at. Because we're gonna be celebrating, partying. Where should we set it up? In the bin, April 23rd, after the blue and bolt after the blue and gold game. And we we might do a pod after the blue and gold game, but we're definitely celebrating my birthday. Definitely celebrating my birthday. So if you have a venue, throw it in the comment. Even after we're done with the show, we'll take it into consideration. All right, Eugene. you says you have a DJ for us. That's what's up. I'm all for it. Fiddlers hurt. Okay. Is that the joint with the rooftop? Fiddlers. Quiet Man, 1952. I think I've heard about that spot. I think I've heard about that spot. Yeah, hit them up with the connects. We'll make it happen. Absolutely. You know what time it is?
2: Petty code.
5: Petty. Petty. Petty code. Petty. Petty.
0: Petty. Petty junction. It's time to get petty.
4: Oh, we did a good job executing.
0: Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train.
4: I just don't like you.
0: You don't? No. What is today's petty historic? Petty Junction. Petticoat Junction. Petty Junction. and every day. We get it. Now, I see some of you in the chat. Already throwing Tommy Reese on the petty train. Yo, you might have to put MF on that petty train too. Cause he the way he let it just easily come out of his mouth, like, yo, I had to ask him. <laughs> you might be able to consider that petty. But I'm putting Marcus Freeman on the petty train for the way he ended the presser at the breakout session for Al Washington. Like, hey man. Hey, we got some D linemen to recruit. Stop all this fraternization, laughing and pleasantries and all of this stories about your great uncle. Dude, we got a team to build. Forget about that history. We've got our own history to create. Mad petty. And I was, I, was I, I was loving the fact that I could witness it. I was loving the fact that I could witness it. I was loving the fact that I could witness it. So, short petty train you guys have already thrown tommy on the petty train um people thrown threw me on the petty train for calling it fair catch you i'm cool with that and yeah thank you all for the show thanks for tapping in with us uh don't forget saturday very special show with myself and brian driscoll once again we're going every saturday uh, this Saturday, I believe we're ranking the new coaches. I don't know if he's talked about it yet. This Saturday, 12.30 month time, so that's 1.30 Eastern, we'll be ranking the new hires and their importance to Notre Dame. Uh, let's see. Yeah, everybody, yo. Great show today. Michael Graves says Clark's Fishnet and more on South Main Street on the SES stop and get you a plate. All right. I got you, Ashley, my dude. I got you from here on out. Nothing but respect on your name, my man. Nothing but respect on your name. Never lost Romer. So, like I said, I have a story about my conversation with Chancy Stuckey and a conversation that I had also with Chris O'Leary and Mike Mickens. I think that's it for now. That'll be on Irish Breakdown in the coming days. And Brooks Barr uh, from Loyola Academy out of Chicago, defensive lineman. I have an interview coming up with him on Irish Breakdown. And we have a joint article coming out about the reaction from the defensive line. I mean, defensive recruits and commits and their response to the new defensive coordinator, Al Golden, at Notre Dame. So look for all of that great content. And hopefully your guy Malik will be back tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, I saw that. I just saw Michigan. Gave John Harbaugh that extension. Hey, it is what it is. Roll your fingers. My dude, always, we're here for you. As we tell you always, we're brought to you by Anora Whiskey. Go to AnoraWiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWiskey.com. We appreciate you guys. You guys are getting us to that 2000 mark. We're going to get over that. Thank you for smashing that like button. Thank you for making Lucky Lefty the success that has become in a short time. We appreciate you, ll Nation. And as we tell you always, every day, spend it different. Enjoy the rest of your day. Still lucky.